Once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swagger jacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. Welcome back to 88.3 WGTs. After further review, I'm Derek Lawson here with Frank Vashner. We're back here in the studio. It's back on the live feed. I see you shared it. People are going to be watching it. Make sure you always check us out on 88.3 WGTs, SoundCloud, and on iTunes. We basically right there in the palm of your hand if you have an iPhone or you even have an Android. You can go and download the uh, SoundCloud app. After WXUT's after further review with a picture of Frank Bashner in the horse's head and listen to all the segments that we have throughout our shows. We're getting a lot of plays on them as well. And a few views during uh um uh during the, the, the show times here. And today we've got a few topics, but our first topic is high school basketball for in the state of Michigan. As you know, their basketball season started a little bit later than everyone else. As Ohio is pretty much finishing girls basketball, I went and saw a state semifinal game uh, with Napoleon Wildcats. Ended up winning, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. And the boys are in their regional finals. While you guys, this is your last week. Uh, coming up, this will be the last week of the regular, regular season. season. Okay, and that also means that it puts a little crink in the step of AAU teams because they're doing their tryouts, and obviously your players can't come and try out because they're still in season. Absolutely. So what's going on with up there in, in the mitten? Well, again, like you said, it's getting down to the last week of the regular season. And, of course, there have been some teams dealing with COVID issues. Mm -hmm. I know that. Just like us up here or down here. Yeah, because I know that team I used to be a part of, Dundee, has been in quarantine Mm. for at least the last week. How's Dundee doing, actually? Uh, They've only won two games all season, but they've had... They've had this is like their second stoppage they've had. Mm-hmm. First one was because of contact tracing, and the second one I guess was a positive test. I didn't really hear any specifics. I know that they had to have that meant a game against Ida was canceled. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the rivalry game, right? Yeah, Monroe County's version of Tobacco Road, which I was on the call for on the live stream mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Unfortunately, I. Didn't end up bringing my headset with me, so it sounded kind. Of, it didn't sound as good. But the last two Ida games I've been on the call for, I mm-hmm. brought my headset too. Right, right, okay. And everybody's tuned in, and apparently they love it there. So, okay, yeah, I seen it. It's actually pretty good calls that you had, and I mean, we're getting a lot of memories popping up from our old WXUT days. <laughs> oh yeah. So, and of course they, of course they will. Uh, I won't be able to do any more of their games because their their next two games are Monday and Thursday. Well, Bedford also has to play Monday and Thursday as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so I know. I, know, I mean, the good, the good part about it is I've at least gotten to call the names of a couple of my cousins at Ida. Uh, Landon Bryant, who's a senior on on the varsity team, had they had senior night last night. Mm-hmm. All right, so I've gotten to call his name a few times. And it's an interesting thing that 
that I got told about him was that he's the second leading scorer of the team, hasn't attempted a three point shot all season. Well, and he's mean, not and he's not really a true post player. Well, what's wrong with that? You don't need oh, to. It's just, it's not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I just hmm. found that kind of interesting. Well, if you're a bucket getter, you're a bucket getter. Well, yeah. He, um, I mean, his dad told me, so, yeah, he prefers to just drive the late and clean windows. Yeah, well, he's playing his role really well. Yes, he and, has. And that right there, you, still, you know, I know the game I know the game is totally, totally changing to the point where everyone thinks you need to be jacking up threes. But you can still be really effective in the mid-range, which, by the way, I think the mid-range is going to come back in the college game because – that three-point line is very long, and it's a tough adjustment for college kids, coming especially from high school to going to college, because you go from 19.9 to close to 22 feet. That's eh, a real tough adjustment for high school kids. So um, if you notice, Michigan has been using their big men. Uh, Ohio State uses their big men. Yeah. And I think the mid-range, I actually was watching Butler um, play Xavier, and their point guard, Butler's point guard, was getting in there with the one, the two dribble pull-ups. It was it was beautiful to see, actually. Good, getting back to old-school basketball where, you know, either you finish at the rim or you shoot threes. I, I personally think those are probably two of the toughest shots you can take. One, it's long range, and two, if you're trying to finish at the rim, a contested layup is a very tough shot. So if you can get in there into the paint in that little hot zone in the mid-range and get an open jump shot, well, why not? Yeah. And, of course, I had been calling a couple of the JV games, too, and I have another cousin. Oh, you do JV games, too? Yeah, I just uh, do a little commentary since I was already there. You like, son of a gun. Like, you know what? How about I just give give the people what they want? Well, especially since uh, my I have a cousin who's a freshman, Zach Hemery. Uh-huh. He just... He wasn't started. He'd come off the bench. I mean, he can he can get some buckets. Really good three point shooter. Mm-hmm. Or he's. I mean, I had talked to uh, uh, Clay Sampson and Zach Johnston, who were mm-hmm. coach who were coaching him last year when he was in eighth grade, and they were very impressed with him. He's also a very good soccer player too. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So nice. Oh, good. So it was good to see. Good to call names of family members and. See them in action and on the court. Of course, I went uh, two and one in games that I was on the call for, and fortunately, they lost to Hillsdale last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hill, Hillsdale's always a tough team to play. I mean, they don't—they're not—they're not real—they're not, real, not incredibly te- athletic or talented, but uh-huh. they are extremely and I can't harp that enough—extremely well coached. Who Hillsdale? Yeah. Well, they got a good college over there, so I'm pretty sure the coach probably goes and talks to them. Yeah, well, well I mean, what makes them what makes them well coached though? Let me know. Let me get your insight on why you think they're well coached. I think, well, I think Jordan could probably tell you this a little bit more, or but Brad Felix just really know, really knows what he's doing. He's been at it for a long time. So you got to give me examples here. I mean, I mean, I he just uh, he just seemingly do, does his scouting, does his homework. Well, you're supposed to do that. That's what oh, you're yeah. supposed to do as a coach. If you're not doing that as a coach, you're letting the kids down, and that's where the assness <laughs> hops in there. So he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. That's what all coaches should be doing: being organized, doing your scout, putting your players in the best position to win, not just roll the ball out there and think, well, you being simple minded. But keep, go, go ahead. That's what you're supposed to be doing. I want to know what he does phenomenal. What is what is one thing they do that they do phenomenal? Maybe it's something where he takes something away, or you yeah. Know. I mean, he's. I think he's really good at just uh, uh, t- taking a lot of your your top players away and making like your worst player on the floor shoot. Because I know they'll 
there were times where I think it was not last year, but the year before, where they ran like they triangle and two the hell out of us, and we really had a problem with it. And plus, they they also ran a lot of stall ball, which what is stall ball though? That's basically where how to, how you slow it, it down, how just move, dribbling around in the half court for probably more than sixty seconds and. Granted, it can, it can be like pulling teeth. So, what did you guys do to combat that, though? Well, again, since they were triangle and twoing us, we just they took away our two they took away our our two guards. So we've had to go to our big guy, who they didn't really have a matchup for. Horn, of course, he ended up hitting a game winning shot in overtime. We won that game thirty six thirty five. Okay, so you okay? That's good coaching right there. You ended up using your big man because some people get a little worried about triangles and twos. I mean, you, you sometimes triangle and twos are great, but they'd be junk defenses. You do boxing ones, obviously. Yeah. And I wouldn't, and I wouldn't suggest using that, those defenses all the time, but that was a good I game mean, strategy, good. but it was good that your big man stepped up. And that's yeah. why I always try to t- tell coaches to teach them. I mean, you need to teach the overall skills. I think a lot of coaches don't want to do that. You're in the post. You just stay in there. You're you're only gonna shoot jump hooks. Don't shoot fifteen footer. You know, come on. Let's get out of the stone age of basketball. Your your big men need to know how to dribble. They need to know how to make plays and make reads. Not just be stuck there in the down down low in the post. But yeah, that was pretty good. Well, but well, how did you guys combat the stall ball? Well, I think. I'm trying to remember this. I mean, I know just people say, "Oh, well, you should just go out and push the tempo." Oh, and get score in transition. Well, that's one way to do it. That's what, yeah, that is. But sometimes, but you also got to be able to rely on that every time. So you got to get the ball in your hands. But how did you guys do this? How did how did you get them to be in stall ball? Well, they. How'd you combat? How'd you get them to get out of it? <sighs> yeah, I think you're probably gonna have to ask Jordan this because I I think for this game I was actually at the table doing the book. And, oh, so you weren't paying attention. Well, I. Well, this is this is before I ended up. Uh, this was the year before I started being on the bench for road games. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, so I, yeah. you know, I, I give you a so, I mean, round of applause. So I mean, there's there's there some stuff that's vague. You have again, you have to talk to Jordan about it. You could probably play a little bit better than I could. You got the win. Your big guy scored the winning basket. Yeah, you know, that, that's really good. Uh, n- let me guess. Well, what kind of defense did you guys play against them? Um, I think we, if I remember correctly, we either played our our matchup zone, one which we call blue. Ooh, it's basically like a, uh, it's basically a two, a stagger two three. Some it'll have some looks of a one three one, uh, and, or I think we sometimes, or we may have just played a sagging man because and just try to make them beat us, beat us from the outside. Well, if you want to get out of the stall ball, you got to play man. Yeah, I mean, it, there is no shot clock, but there is a five second call. Um, I don't know if you guys do it where some referees. It's really crazy how some of them do it. Um, obviously, you can engage and disengage. Some of them take the the count right off. Now, sometimes you can engage and disengage, and if the guy gets up on you and you don't move anywhere, they'll just keep the count going. Like for instance, you can't just be dribbling back and forth from one spot to the next spot without making actually movement to the basket. There's some referees that do that. Other referees just say if you make a movement, you disengage. The five second is off. I don't know how you guys do it in Michigan, so you'd probably have to explain that to me. Yeah, I, I would have. To, I'd have to talk to some of my officiating brethren. Because I notice it, it varies among different officials, and I've actually been screwed out of a game because of different officials. Two officials 
that had two different viewpoints on the five-second call. Uh, I actually kind of did get screwed out of a game for that one. But, uh, yeah, I, I tell this to everybody on stall ball. If they're going to play possession ball, it's not, I don't really call it stall ball. I call it possession ball. There, and it happens a lot more in girls' basketball. It happens a lot more when you get further in the tournament as well. Um, but you, you don't want to give up a lot of turnovers, and you got to be patient with the ball. It's just called patient ball. But if you're going to sit there in the zone and not guard us, then I'm going to pull the ball out. And I know maybe possibly man is your weak point. Pull the ball out, and I'm going to make you do something that you don't want to do. I know it's like pulling teeth, but that's just the strategy of the game. Yeah. And if you don't like it, then just play man-to-man. Got to have tr- got to have faith and trust. Yeah, but watching teams run a stall offense, uh, that can be painful. I do remember uh, my – my alma mater, Ida, I think it was 2003, they were playing, they were playing Monroe St. Mary's Catholic Central, who was really good. I think they had like, like 18, 19 wins at that point before the season finale. Hey, Ida had only won three games, mm-hmm. and then the coach at the time says, we're just going to run, we're going to stall. At the end of, at halftime, the score was 6-6. And then, six six. Yes. Well, well, <laughs> well, but once again, though, if you don't want the, the, the to do the stall ball, you got to play defense. I mean, I don't really. Well, the, fi- the, the thing, thing was, is, I don't really think it's stall ball because it's really smart. It's just playing possession ball. The coach says, "Look, we're gonna run this certain type of offense. These are the certain type of shots we want." It sucks. I understand. I, I guess from an entertainment standpoint. You don't want to see it. I totally understand that. You don't. But you got to understand, as coaches, we're not trying to – we like to entertain you, but we're trying to win the basketball. I mean, that, that's what it is. People bitch and moan if you're not winning the game. So, once again, as a coach, i got to put my team in the best position to win the game. And if that means I need to slow down the tempo, play possessions, maybe tire you out on the defensive end so I can get a couple easy layups, that's what i got to do. Excuse me. Bless you. Yeah. But, hey, 6-6, six to six, yeah, it, it does seem a little <laughs> embarrassing. But Yeah, there's going to be people that are going to say that's a crime against basketball. That's not really a crime against basketball. That's a, that's a strategy. Yeah. That is one strategy that people are trying to use. And I understand people are like, well, we need to have a shot clock. You can kind of do stall ball with a shot clock. You can. The, the original rules of the shot clock. Now, Nowadays, now, if you get an offensive rebound, instead of getting the full 30 seconds, I believe in college, it only goes down to 20 seconds. Yes. I think the same thing in the NBA, where you don't get the full 24 anymore. It goes down to 14. I don't, I don't think that, to me, personally, I don't think that rewards the offense. Because if you can go get a second chance shot opportunity, especially in the shot clock era, and it resets... That is demoralizing for a defense because you know you got to sit back down and play defense for another 30 to 24, 24 to 30 seconds. And then for them to shorten it because you want points, I, I think that takes away from it. I understand people like the entertainment factor of it, but me as a coach, it's like, look, that's your fault for not, re- for not rebounding the ball or you missed a box out or you weren't aggressive enough to go get the ball. Sorry. But, I mean, we live in a generation where people want to be entertained, swag over substance. So, that's how it goes, but I, I, you know, like I said, people want a shot clock now in the high school level, and it's like it's not going to change anything. To be honest with you, it just changes up the strategy a little bit, and you can still play stall ball with a shot clock. You still can, yeah. Especially 
if they keep it to the old school rules. Think about it. If I'm a good rebounding team, and I say I'm going to play possession ball, and I know you can't rebound, I'm going to work that shot clock, probably have a couple hitters, some, some, some quick hitters under the 10-second mark, and if you miss, and I miss, and I get the rebound, I'm going to eat us some more clock. And it's pretty simple. Yeah. I mean, so it's, ba- it's ba- in a sense, you're basically running a Princeton offense. Well, and that's another misconception, I think, is that people think that the Princeton offense is like a stall ball offense. How is the Princeton offense any different than Wisconsin swing or flex? Yeah, I mean, it's not. I, I don't think Princeton or, or swing is a true stall. No. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just looking, it's just going through options. You got guys coming through slice cuts or in flex. You got the down screen flex cut. Wisconsin swing is a lot more of a stuff that's going away, you know, screening away and stuff like that. I don't, I don't see that as really stall offense. I guess in a sense because it's not like a quick hitter where it's like a pick and roll or it's one of the ones where you hit the elbow and someone goes back door off the wing more of those quicker or the or horn sets or more quicker sets where you're really trying to look for something. All you're doing is just running a little bit of offense. But I guess people I guess consider it stall ball offense because you're not scoring on maybe the first or two options of it. But I, I think that's the setup of it really. You know, some offenses you got what my cousin likes to call window dressing, where the first option of the play is just nah that's what we want you to see, but actually the action that we're trying to get is away from the ball. Hey. Yeah. And, well, of course, also, well, with this being the final week, district play is coming up, too. I got – I I have to see if they've had the – if they are going to set the seeds today because I know last year around this time uh, – They did the seeds, didn't they? Uh, yeah. Well, also – this is what I like now. Instead of I was when they went to Steenley. Okay, hey, good. We're not. We're gonna have. It's gonna be good. Well, I find out that last year, the top two seeds, whoever the top two seeds were, one may not have always gotten a buy. Hi, uh, because I a girls district that I was on the mic for last year had uh, had the top seed playing in uh, an opening round game. Uh-huh. Hey, on Monday night night. And I kind of thought that was BS. Why? Well, they're just saying, well, we're just putting the top two on the opposite side of the bracket because there's too many times where they do the random draw and they have the top two teams playing each other on Monday night, which I, w- I was not a fan of. Because hmm. mm-hmm. that, that happened my second year at Dundee. We had, to, we had to play Chelsea, who was the top seed in the district. We were, like the, we were, we were the second best team. Wait a minute, you were the second best team and you were playing the top team? On the fr- in the first round. This was back in 2018. Why? I remember you telling me about this shenanigans a few years ago. Yeah, well, because this was back when it was the they did the random, they did essentially a random draw. Uh, and that's how it happened. So, well, it's, of course, not, it's not, because remember, I think we talked about this in Ohio. Obviously, all the coaches, do the coaches do this at Michigan where they rank the teams? They say, okay. We think this is the number one team through whatever, how many teams are in the district, one through. Like in our district, there's usually super districts. So uh, we got one through 18. And the number one team picks their first slot, and then everybody just goes from there and picks their slots. Or is this where uh, – how's that work in Michigan? Well, it used to be do the random draw. Now they – the random draw? Well – Somebody la- puts a, has a names in the hat – 
Yeah. Um, and then, oh, you two play each other. If that's I, like I, that, that's some BS. Yeah. That's some, what is that? Ha ha. What is that? <laughs> I will, no, it, it was just stupid. Okay. <laughs> but not, now what, the, what they did last year is they went to NPR, which is kind of like how Ohio does computer points for football. Ah, okay. And then they basically so said, no voting from determine the top two seeds, and then it basically went alphabetical order as to where everyone else would go. What? Alphabetical yeah. order? Yeah. Why? Why? Is, they ju- why they you o- <laughs> Derek. They only did it just to put the top two seeds on opposite sides of the bracket, so it basically gave them the best chance to meet in the finals. But still, not in the, in the girls. Some, if it was a five-team district, the one seed would have to play on Monday night. If it was the boys, the two seed would have to play on Monday night. If it was a six-team district, then the top two seeds would still have to play on Monday night like, in opening round games. Well, now they change it to where top seeds are going to get a bye. And I'm going to see how it okay. go. How it's going to go here is apparently they have they have not set the. I guess they haven't set everything up completely as I'm. Looking at it on my computer. I'm surprised Jordan or Jared haven't uh, logged in or tried to take a peek because it'd be interesting to know how this how this all goes because that that that's as you like to say a Frankism, ha ha horse manure, as you like to call it. Well, what's the term? Ha ha happy horse <laughs> crap. <laughs> because that makes, that what I really say, I can't say on the air. I, I, that makes absolutely no sense. So you went in there, you did this 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 computer point system, which is great to get the top two seeds. But then it's like you throw the computer system out the window and say, well, everybody just does it alphabetically order. That doesn't make any sense. If you're going to do the computer point system, then do it for all the teams in the district then, and then just do it that way. Yeah, that's that's how it should be. Or you do a computer point system, and whoever's the number one team, like in Ohio, you pick a slot where you want to go, then everybody else follows where they want to go in the bracket. That does make That makes absolutely no sense to go alphabetical order. Well, well, they only did so, it for the three, for like, however, whoever was not in the top two seats, they said, okay. Right. No, no, no. That still makes no sense. Exactly. The top two teams, and then, oh, we're going to do alphabetical order. What? No. Yeah. That, that's, that's. <laughs> it's, I agree. It, it was dumb. And it should just be just pure seating. Top seed go. He gets a bye. Two seed gets a bye, then we'll have the three. Well, no, three seed. I know. I think. I think personally, I like the Ohio way. Well, if I'm, the one seed doesn't want to have a bye, and they want to do a playing, because there's some coaches like that. I, they want to keep their rhythm. They don't want to have a bye because they feel that if their team gets a bye, it throws off the rhythm. And they play like straight crap in the game. They can lose. So there's some teams, and it happens in Ohio where you can get the automatic bye to the sectional championship. Some will do the playing game for the sectional championship. Now, obviously, when I played in high school, that didn't happen because everyone was almost in D1 here. So everyone had to play the semifinal, sectional semifinals. But now that schools have gone down divisions or go up divisions. You know, Central Catholic was D1 last year. Now they're down to D2. Now, basically, almost everyone's getting to a sectional championship game because we ain't got enough teams to do the sectional semifinal. But there's teams that do that. Like, say, you know, look, man, I'm a, I, I don't, if I don't want the buy, I'll go here. Yeah. I like the computer, I like the computer point system. I do. I like that. Uh, they dropped the ball with the alphabetical system. I, that, that 
totally makes no sense at all. And you kind of you you didn't really get away from anything. You just helped the top two seeds. That's it. Yeah. And who cares about a buy? I mean, really, who cares? Think about it. You get the number one seed. What happens if if you go in alphabetical order? What if you get the three and four seed? What if you get the top, the better seeds in your bracket? How's that help the number one seed out at all? While the number two seed gets the bottom feeder teams. Yeah. So now you're back to square one where almost the one and two seed are playing each other, knocking each other out. That's that's dumb. Exactly. Keep going. Okay, so I think probably next week we're going to see who's going to be Iwerka. So I, th- I think from what I'm looking at on the MHSA website, they're at least going st- straight computer points for seedings, period, common sense. All right. And and then plus I know ba- and of course baseball is going to be getting going like the end of March too, provided nothing gets pushed back any further. Right, right, which makes it. I mean, not for and other I, thought, I mean, so, and since I umpire baseball, I mm-hmm. I mean, I did have a meeting with one of my assigners, Dan Jeffrey Senior, who has but has tuned in has tuned into the show a few times. Travis Pant. He tuned in, right? Yeah, well, he called but, it actually. Yeah, but uh, but Dan, but uh, Dan is. I mean, we I had a meet I had a meeting with him earlier this week, and he mentions like Frank's got a show. I tuned in, and he said that he'd like to call in one day. So hopefully, he probably what's his name again? Dan Jeffrey Senior. Where's he called you at? He no, he's an assigner. Oh, assigner. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. get them on. You know, what I'm saying don't Absolutely. let them be shy. Oh yeah, I told I told him I'd get him on. Uh, he li- he lives up in Howell. Well, I've been I've been getting games from him for ever since I've been umpiring. So, well, he really really enjoys stuff. And he was telling us about some of the new protocols this year because of COVID. Apparently, umpire doesn't want umpires wearing a ball bag, and there's supposed to be somebody in the dugout who is a designated ball handler in case there needs to be a new ball thrown in. Really? Yeah. And of course, pitchers can't go to their mouth to warm their hands. They can't warm their hands. Well, they can't go to their mouth to warm their hands. Like if it's really cold out, what are you gonna do? You gotta have warmers or something. Well, they're allowed to have a hand warmer in their can back they, pocket. Can they? Can they at least use hand sanitizer first to warm their hands? I mean, come on. No, they have to. I mean, it's it. it, it I mean, some of it's getting the. Uh, is kind of borderline ridiculous, and I could tell that that he when he was talking about it, he was kind of frustrated, and I. I talked to another. Uh, Why is Michigan doing this? Can I ask you that? Like everywhere else, people are opening up stuff. People are getting rid of mask mandates. I think it's a little too quick. Well, why is Michigan going overboard with this stuff? You can't blow your hands. You can't do this. You can't do that. Why? Where are they? Where? Where's the data that supports this? I would like to know the same thing. But unfortunately, I believe my that it's all politics, and I'm not going to get into that because I hate politics. Well, I've, I've always told you that, and not to go on the COVID rant, but I've always thought this has been politicized. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't. I, I like I said, I think it's serious. I don't think I think 500,000 people is too much to be losing to this virus. But at the same time, though, the different ideals and stuff that I've seen, you know, St. John's Jesuit, they they had to forfeit. Because of contact tracing, not because someone tested positive on the team, because of contact tracing from two games previously. 
And people are wondering, you know, what's the rules going on here? I saw it. Like I said, I went to the state semifinal games for girls basketball. And uh, I saw one of the guys that runs the coaching clinic, uh, Kraus. And he asked me how the shooting machine was going. I said that. And he was asking, like, how how the season going? I, I totally told him it was a pain in the behind. I mean, we had the health, the health department shut us down for a month and a half. Then we got hit with COVID, so we had to take a, a quarantine. There was other teams, you know, like Notre Dame. They had they got to the States, but they had to do three different times in the quarantine. I mean, but it, it, the, the Blade has done articles where teams have literally had to watch film and see how long they've been in contact with the player, if it's more than 15 minutes, I guess. And it, no one knows. And then it's just like these weird rules. Like, where do you guys come up with this? I I would like to know the same thing as well, but again, it's Duke basketball's done. Virginia yeah. might not be in the tournament. They got someone now that they that they are someone's tested on the team. Yeah, well, since he, since you mentioned it, Duke having a positive test. Well, they, I don't. I think they were pretty much done anyway. Unless they would have, they're not gonna make the tournament. Yeah, they were they were pretty much cooked. Right. Right, and they're playing pretty decent. Yeah, and Lou Virginia now because of contact tracing, Kansas. Louisville, they've got they've got to wait now. Really? Yeah, so they've got to wait seven days now. What kind of is in their favor is they're only forty five minutes from Indianapolis. True. So they can easily, so they can easily just uh, just do their testing, and then hopefully the selection committee will use common sense and have them play on Saturday mm-hmm. because. Now the fir- the first day of the tournament is now on a Friday instead of a Thursday, so it's going Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So they'll at least have enough time to wait. Virginia, I think they they might be pushing it. Kansas, I know, had a positive test as well. So we'll it's we'll see what's happening. I know they were saying it's getting kind of close to that danger zone of we could possibly see this whole thing get shut down again. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to happen because the NCAA has already lost enough money as it is. Oh, so you think this is about money? <laughs> so for, to an extent, it could. you could make that argument. <laughs> well, I, I do believe, and I wanted to look this up. So Selection Sunday it was actually uh, this Sunday. They're winding down with those those uh with the tournaments and i also believe if i remember correctly the team's got to get there early to get tested it's almost like a bubble this year for the ncaa yeah i mean because some of them are playing at lucas oil others are playing at uh west lafayette that at mackey some are playing at in bloomington others are playing at uh hinkle where butler, yeah, butler is yep and i think they. i don't know if some they might be playing some at banker's life I believe so. Just like the 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 uh, Big Ten tournament. No, Big Ten tournaments at uh, no the women. Yeah, the women are at Banker's Life. I believe. Yeah, yeah, the women yeah. are at Banker's Life. And the men are at, at Lucas Oil. At Lucas. Exactly at the same time though. They're playing at the same time. The women are playing this week as well. Normally, the women would play a week before the men, but this year they had it where both are in Indianapolis, but they're both playing at the same time, kind of like the MAC. Which, by the way, um, the MAC uh, championship game with the women, uh, Bowling Green women. Uh, that team from down south is playing. Yeah, it was tied at the half. Okay, I knew you had the updates. Unfortunately, though, our Rockets lost in the semi or in the quarter oh. in the semifinals to Ohio, the Bobcats. Uh, same song, different verse. Well, <laughs> 
I knew you were going to say that. But they got cheated one year when Trayshawn Fletcher, the player of the year, got hurt. They should have probably won that year if he didn't if he didn't tear his ACL though. But a lot of people have been saying that about Coach TK that you know you, you got to deliver, and it's another year on the calendar. Unfortunately, last year because of COVID. Um, they couldn't try to clinch a, 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 a title into the NCAA tournament, but it's been 31 years since the Rocket Men have been in the tournament, and it's been since 1968 the Bowling Green Men have made it. So the the struggle continues. Yeah, yeah, but it is what it is. Right. I know that we're going to have a rematch between Ohio State and Michigan at 1 o'clock in the Big Ten semifinals. Mm-hmm. At 1 o'clock? Yeah. So that's going to be in a half hour. That should be a good one. Yeah, it should be. Although although Michigan's going to be without Isaiah Livers. Oh, that's a big dude. I've seen Yeah, he might, the, he could very well be done for the season. They said he has a stress fracture in his foot. Ooh. Which I I guess they must have just found that out. I I mean, I honestly thought that Eli Brooks was going to be done after he he rolled his ankle against Michigan State when I saw Which that. Which I'm so sure you were very happy. Not for him to roll his ankle. Well, the fact that I mean, Michigan look, State I was happy won. Michigan State won, but when I saw him roll his ankle, I'm, I just, it was hard for me to watch. See him get carried off. I'm thinking, oh man, that's not good. Actually, you not, never like you never like to see anyone get hurt like that, even if it's your rival. The American East tournament, Hartford is up over UMass Lowell, Lowell, 48-39. Uh, UMass Lowell just became Division One, I, I believe, five or six years ago. Uh, you mentioned Ohio State, Michigan at one. How about some Miac action? You been watching that Miac? Uh, I've heard a little bits and pieces of what's been going on. Norfolk State, Morgan State, they at one. SEC tournament. Uh, Nate Oates used to coach Buffalo. He's got Alabama's the number one seed. They're playing Tennessee. That's in the semifinal. How about the AAC? Wichita State and Cincinnati. The, Wichita State's the number one seed. Remember they uh, got rid of their coach last year. Greg Marshall. Yep. Yeah, because I guess he said some things he wasn't supposed to. Yeah, he pretty much went on the Greg Marshall Mathers uh, uh, personality and uh, kind of went a little overboard of what he was saying to people. Get it, Marshall Mathers? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just one. Sometimes it goes over your head, Frank. You got your Frankisms, but uh, also I, mean, I know who Marshall Mathers is. It's Eminem, right? Houston and Memphis, uh, <laughs> Conference USA. Yeah, no, that's AAC. Oh, that, oh, that's the oh, Happy yeah. Action. Fun. My bad. I'm, I'm happy I'm, at what? What is the Happy what? Action Fun Conference? Where Where'd you get that from? Another Frankism. Uh, I just I just heard it some from somewhere. I don't remember, but you know, it's. I mean, that's. I think that's more appropriate. Penny Hardaway versus Sampson. Ooh. Now, I, every time I, I hate to say this, I, I feel bad, but every time I see Samson, I think of a cheater. I mean, when he was everyone, at Indiana. And I think before that, he was somewhere else, and, and it was. He, he was yeah, he Calvin Samson was somewhere, and there's always some type of NCAA. Where was he before he was at Indiana? I'm drawing a blank. Oklahoma. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> he was at, yeah, he was at Oklahoma, and he got some hot water there. Yeah. Yeah, everywhere he goes, it's always some kind of sanctions or something. <laughs> well, how about this for an SEC semifinal? Uh, the third Saturday in October meets on the hardwood. Alabama and Tennessee. Right. Alabama, Tennessee. Okay. That's not bad. Obviously, okay. with Nate Olds. Yeah. Second Big Ten. Se- 
And my final is Iowa and Illinois, mm-hmm. LSU, Arkansas, the other SEC, the um, Mac. The yeah, the Mac because it's got two A's in it. Uh, I, I see. I, I know how that's how you say it, but I've heard I heard it pronounced Mac. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Iona and Fairfield. Iona coached by Slick Rick. Slick Rick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Rick Patino. Right. Oh, Big Twelve final. Oklahoma State, Texas. Yeah, he, yeah. K- Alan K- Sampson was cheating at Oklahoma and at Indiana. He's a cheater. <laughs> I think oh, a lot of people are saying Oklahoma State's kind of been kind of that under the radar. Team. Kay Cunningham will probably be the number one pick in the NBA draft. I I agree with it, but he's really he can he's really he's really carry the team. So well, I, I hope so. If he's going to be a number one pick, yeah. let's see Mountain West, uh, Utah State, San Diego State. That should be a decent game. Mm-hmm. Hey, I know John Vancovey will be tuned into that one. We got to get him on him and uh, Coach Cone, Darren Cone, yeah. the coach. We get those guys on. Yeah, well, John actually knows a coach at San Diego State. Uh, That's right, he does. Yeah, he told Al, us that in an interview. Al Schaefer is his right. name. Okay. And let's see, the SWAC. Southwest Athletic Conference. Yeah, Texas it? Southern and Prairie View A&M. Basically HBCUs. Yeah. Big East Final. Oh, this is going to be a good one. Georgetown and Creighton. Uh, the up, Hoyas. Yeah, where they hit a shot to beat Villanova um, like, well, third, like how many years after it was the other way around? Well, think about this, though. Think about this. That Was that really a... a uh, a shot. I mean, Villanova's team was terrible. Well, plus they lost uh, that. Uh, was it Connor Gillespie for the season when he blew his mm-hmm. knee? Yeah, up? exactly. And he lost someone else too. I forget. I'm not sure who else they would have lost. Well, Ohio and Buffalo in the MAC at 7:30. Yes, which we're kind of disappointed. Hey, Big Sky, Montana State, Eastern Washington. Mm-hmm. ACC championship, Florida State and the Ramblin' Wreck from Georgia Tech. Well, Georgia Tech. Well, it, Georgia Tech is there because of uh, Virginia having to back out. Right. Uh, let's see. Conference USA, the North Texas 40 and Western Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I just North Texas referred to as the North Texas Forty Hill, whatever they've been on the bottom ten in football. Right, the Southland, Abilene Christian and Nichols State, Whack, New Mexico State and Grand Canyon, and Pac twelve after dark. Oregon, Oregon State might be a bid stealer. Listen to this one. Listen to this. I do want to say one thing though. They, I, I thought this was my building. And I feel terrible that I'm getting stopped, accosted, asking for passes. Oh, uh, everybody yes. in this Patrick Ewing getting ID'd at them. And I'm getting stopped. I can't move around this building. Like I, I was like, what the hell? Is this Madison Square Garden? I'm going to have to call Mr. Dolan and say, geez, is my number in the rafters or what? What do you think? Okay, you, you, you had, the, had the sound bit for everybody, and you, you start talking. But oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of ridiculous because, look, 
Unless the, it was somebody who just got hired, and they're like, okay, I don't, and they wouldn't, and they didn't have a clue who Patrick Ewing was. Which shame on them for not knowing. His picture is in the building, all over the place. <laughs> exactly, yeah, I mean, his numbers Nick, in the rafters. Memorable Nick moments, but then again, he is fifty-eight years old, and back then he was in his early thirties when the Knicks. Well, heck, I mean, if he was drafted in the eighties, he was in his early twenties. So he actually he doesn't have the high top fade anymore. So maybe they don't recognize him. But then again, though. How many seven-footers are roaming around in the building? Exactly. <laughs> they look like Patrick Ewing. <laughs> so we'll close up the same. And your last few things you want to talk about? Well, I have. I, I, this is something that I, I've heard interesting in conversation. I won't say where I heard this from. But some conference realignment chatter uh-huh. for the uh, – Southeastern Conference High oh. School in Michigan. Oh, not. Lord. Well, there's always – it's in high school because it's down here too. Let, let, let's hear this story, more stories. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, and I mean – and I'm going to preface this with a disclaimer. Do not take any of this as gospel, people. This is just scuttlebutt I have heard. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I guess there is talk that – well, starting next year, it's going to be eight teams in the red division and six in the white. Why only the, six and 14 well, teams? Why not seven and seven? I guess they're good, based on size because Dexter is supposed to join the is set to join the red next year, and Lincoln's also going to be in the red. Which Lincoln? Ipsy Lincoln. The Grizzlies? No, the Rail, Rail Splitters. Okay. Ipsy High is going to be in the in the white with Chelsea. Adrian, Tecumseh, Jackson, and Pinckney. Are they the smaller schools? Yeah, they're much smaller. Okay. But not on the the rumor that I heard. Mm-hmm. Tell us is the rumor. I love rumors. The white division will look to add Jackson Northwest and Parma Western. Mm-hmm. Now. Those two are in the Interstate 8. Okay. Now, Parma Western would is about the right size for the white there. Eight, they've got 837 students there. Mm-hmm. There they would be like they'd be probably be like Division 2 for basketball, which okay. most of the, most of the white next year would be D2. Okay. So, Northwest on the other hand, Actually, oh, Northwest is actually bigger than I thought. They are at 943, so they possibly could be Division One. Because mm-hmm. I thought, because I was thinking last year. What that division is Bedford in? Bedford's in the red. Well, I mean, what division as far as? Well, they're Division One. Division One in in Michigan, they're D one, right? Yeah, What's for Dundee? basketball. Dundee is Division Two for basketball. Okay. Yeah, actually, Northwest would be like. They might be Division One for basketball and football. They were D three. I was thinking they were. I was thinking they were a lot smaller, but at least they'd be like an do a crosstown rivalry with Jackson High, right? High, which is, Jackson would actually be the largest school in the white. They've got oh, just under twelve hundred students, right? So I mean we. It's kind of interesting that they're kind of going westward, mm-hmm. but if it gets to be crossover time, I mean, I guess every like 
every three years, you, they got to take a trip into Monroe County to play Bedford or Monroe and then vice versa. Yeah, how does how does that work, actually? Well, I think... I think it I think it ro I think it rotates like every three every three years for basketball. Like I said, why well, have the different divisions? Well I w I would I would actually consider putting the divisions more on on geography hmm. instead of calling it red and white, call it like east and west. Right. The pro but I think the problem is I mean, if in this new pr- proposed alignment you'd have Jackson, Jackson Northwest, Parma Western, Chelsea, Tecumseh, Adrian, and but then you have Ypsilanti and Pinckney that are a little bit further east, and that so you've probably got to so it's not necessarily geographically accurate, but then again, uh, Missouri is in the SEC East in college football, so go figure. Okay. And of course the Dallas Cowboys are in the NFC East. <laughs> so that makes no sense. Well, that that was that was from the olden days. I mean, yeah. Come on, there was the Central and the East West and you know, basically that's that's what all went on, but obviously so the smaller division with schools, what divisions are they normally in? Well, the smaller division would be in the white. Okay. I'm going to have to Now you don't do cross co- conference playing. We, we do there is some cross. There is crossover. Well, in football, I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull up the uh, most conferences go by football. They don't really go by basketball. Yeah. Well, I know. Ne- I know next year in football, there's gonna be I'm trying to see who all has a cro- who all has at least a crossover game. Aim no. Actually, ne- next year in the red, I don't think. Uh, Oh, actually, Chelsea and Dexter will play in a crossover. Her Sky, Ann Arbor Skyline and Tecumseh will, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it. Right. It in terms of crossover action in football, it's it happens a lot more in basketball because for us this year we played we played Dexter and we played Dexter in a crossover. We played Pinkney in a crossover. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we, pl- I want to say we played uh, Lincoln in a crossover because they were in the white. Well, we we did a home and home with them because I think in basketball is you do a home and home with one team from the opposite division, and then you basically do like one game against a couple others, mm-hmm. if my memory serves me correctly. So okay, that's good. And right now, what's your guys' record in basketball? Yeah. We're we're sitting at four and nine after we lost to Ypsilanti the other night. We got to play Celine today. So you guys will get in what seventeen games? Yeah, that's not bad. Within what a month? Yeah, more more or less a month. So why didn't they push it just another week to get you at least a good twenty even? Well, the tournament you'll get eighteen. Yeah. So, but yeah, you could have did twenty games and a tournament game gives you twenty one. That's not bad. But then you kind of get the whole uh, playing three games in four nights, which that was rough enough on us. How'd you get three games in four nights? Well, oh, okay, yeah. If you do a Tuesday, Thursday, or, or Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, or well, that, that'd be in five nights, but still. But we do a we do a three and four 
first week we did Monroe, Lincoln, and Dexter. Following week was Ipsy, Celine, Pinckney, and let's see. Last well, last week it was uh, uh, shoot Monroe on a Tuesday, Ann Arbor here on on Thursday, and then Skyline on a Saturday. Now, how have you guys adjusted to the schedule? You get out of this segment pretty soon. Well, I think I think usually anytime we have if it's uh, if there's one day between games, usually we try and use that day to do film or do a walkthrough. Right. Got of, to. Yeah, instead of a full blown practice. I mean, when we well a couple weeks ago when we played uh, Pioneer on a Friday night, we were supposed to play Skyline in the afternoon, but Skyline's varsity program was in quarantine, hmm. so that helped you out. So we ended up looking for another game, and that, of course, uh, Mark Garman, our AD, and Car- Dr. Carl Schultz, our superintendent, managed to get us Gibraltar Carlson. Well, mostly because Dr. Schultz's wife is the principal at Carlson High School. Okay. So does Gibraltar still have that um that that center up there that the flea market or whatever it is? The trade you, center. The trade center. Uh, I think the trade center has gone the way of the buffalo. Gone the way of the Buffalo. Another Frankism. Because I remember you used to go up to Gibraltar. You used to get some good deals up there. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I'm not. I don't think they're open anymore. Okay, that's good to know. But used to pass it on seventy five. Like, oh, there's Gibraltar. Yeah, but uh, we we played Carlson at basically uh, scheduled it less than on less than twenty four hours notice. We played it at three o'clock in the afternoon. Nice. And we ended up winning. Nice. You even got the dub. Yeah. The thing about the conference realignments, and, and this is the people leaving conferences, it's kind of grinding my gears. It's like the teams that are complaining are the ones that are always losing or they think they're going to win. And it's like, dude, you, no matter where you go, you're still going to be losing. I mean, it, just just face it. I get it. There's some teams that the dynamics have changed in this area, especially in the Rust Belt where, you know, let's face it, you lose population, you lose kids in schools. And eventually, some schools lose more kids than others. And I understand that's competing on that. But I see there's some schools that have great resources, have decent numbers, and they're still losing. Going to a different conference or trying to realign is n- not going to really better your fortunes. You, you might as well start changing the losing culture there. And I, that's the one thing that just upsets me. That's why when you told me about the realignment, I was hoping it wasn't something petty. Yeah. But then again, there was also a time where we had the old Michigan Mega Conference, and it was in four divisions. You had the red, the white, the blue, and the gold, and the Michigan the, Mega Conference. That, or as I referred to it, the Mega Mass, because it would basically change. You could change divisions on a yearly basis, or you could be in. <clears throat> excuse me, you could be in the blue division for football. The gold division for basketball the next year, you're in the blue division for basketball, the white division for football. It, and there there was some other stuff that I heard was going on, too, and they finally just said, okay, we're not <laughs> we're not dealing with this crap anymore. <laughs> because that's what the thing is. Like the SBC, you know, <sighs> as you know, they have four. It's a mega conference with four different divisions, obviously, or two or three different divisions, where there's a big, medium, small. And a lot of the teams don't really change. Every two or three years, they don't do every year. 
But if you're in this division, you're going to be at least in that division two to three years, and then they'll reevaluate the, the, the enrollment of the kids and, and seeing who's trying to keep it a competitively balanced. But it's getting to the point now where these teams are just ridiculous. I just want to jump conferences because so-and-so and so just we're getting crushed all the time. And, and, you know, it makes you wonder, and we talked about it off-air at some of these schools, you know, hire better coaches. You know, don't be get, bringing in the happy ha ha horse bleep in that that just doesn't do anything for the, the the team. They don't know anything about what sport they're coaching. You're just you're just hiring a teacher so a, a teacher can get a little extra stipend in their paycheck so they can. That's the reason why they're coaching, and that happens a lot. That's really frustrating. It's like you know, if you have to hire from without outside a guy that's passionate about coaching, do that. So it can really entice to help the program. But nowadays, you just have some ADs out there or even upper administration schools that are just straight lazy. That is very true, unfortunately. You know, they don't want to go in there during the off season and put in the work on how to build a program while everyone else is doing that. They, instead, they blame it on, well, it must be the enrollment numbers. You know, that or that other school, they cheat. And it's like, come on, guys, just, just get your game up. How about you put in the work just like everybody else? Now, I ain't saying it's not for everybody, but there are a few schools out there that are just straight lazy. Uh, yeah. So, but I do that for our, our Michigan high school sports and everything like that. Um, anything else real quick? Well, probably by the time – well, of course, next week I'm going to be out because we got to play an afternoon game. Which I'll be going to. Yes, I'll make sure to let. It'll be at the Corral. Yes. Uh, what time? That'll be a varsity supposed to tip at 2.30. Okay, okay. I went to I went to let the, the listeners know I did go to a Bedford game last week. Um, Tyler wasn't there. I was a little disappointed. Yeah. Uh, I feel that you gave me the bait and switch. The product wasn't there. Well, I, I by the time I said that you were going to get in, Tyler was well, you didn't have the, you didn't have, you didn't have the name his name. Gee, I, I wasn't trying to drop the man's name. Well, it's not, well, it's not his fault that he's sick. <laughs> but I understand it happens. <laughs> you don't got to drop the man's name. But I was expecting to see some the product, and the product wasn't there. Even though I was supporting the team. You know, Tyler is, you know, obviously he listens to the show, he watches the show, and he dates one of my players at St. Ursula. So I was thinking, okay, let me go watch. And I watched him during the summer, so I was like, okay, I'm going to go see Tyler get buckets. And you didn't inform me that he wasn't there. And I get there, and it's like, well, where's the product? Yeah, well, well, he'll he'll be there uh, next Saturday. Okay, good. Hopefully he'll be there. I watched him on Monday, so now I get to watch him live. And it's fun watching your team. And I met Coach Hubbard. Yeah. Finally, I didn't know that his the softball coach was his wife. You didn't tell me that either. Well, that's a that's a winning coaching family right there. Yeah. Besides, uh, Co- Coach Hubbard is the one who I refer to as the master. The master of what? The master of defense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I talked to him a little bit. You know, good a good basketball mind. It's always good to chop it up with good basketball mind. Oh, yeah. Um, see, those are guys you need to be hiring for, for, for sports. I mean, just in general, hire someone that has a passion for the sport. Obviously, his wife coaches at Whiteford. Well, she she's retired. Oh, she's retired. Yeah, she was the softball coach there, and then she uh, ended up retiring. Like last year, right? Uh, not not last year. I think the year before last. Well, before COVID. But she's a winner, though. Oh, yeah. Well, see, that, that's the type of coaches you hire. Don't be going over there. 
nothing against art teachers, but don't be over there hiring the art teacher that needs to be reading a book while they're at the field of play trying to figure out the sport. That just doesn't that doesn't cut the mustard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll take a quick commercial break. When we return, we got NHL power play. Uh, I don't yeah. know if David's calling. David, ah, he must be on his church thing today. Either that or he's still in the middle of uh, finishing up a sermon. A what? Oh, he does sermons on uh, on uh, Saturdays? Well, no, 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 he does not preaching a sermon. I guess he's still trying to perfect it. He's trying yeah. to make sure that uh, trying to make sure that it, it's a good one. Okay, which, well, I, which I absolutely cannot fault him for. I, I get that the Lord does come first before after further yes. review. But he said he was going to do some segments. He said he was going to do, and I even posted it. He said he was going to do his his NFL offseason moves and some NBA talk. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure we can talk about Dak a little bit, even though I'm tired that that story was a dead horse beaten. Uh, Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, we'll take a quick commercial break. When we return, we got more after further review, and we got the NHL power play. Hmm, like they listen to that one. We'll be back after this.